0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 255 for the week of February 16th, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Purvitt here, here with RPGamers Weekly Podcast to get you up to speed on all things happening in the world of the RPG. With me today, I have two special guests. First off, from Jolly old England, Mr. Painfully British himself, John Yearworth.
1: I'm still painfully British.
0: So painful. Gives me appendicitis. And here, representing the Commonwealth, and thus. Having Brit Society outnumber me two to one, Ms. Anna-Marie Neufeld. Uh Quinn,
2: I was hoping you would lead with, I find your hyperlink to be simply superlative.
1: Ooh. I do find your hyperlink to be simply superlative.
2: <laughs> Where
1: is that from?
2: <laughs> um, there is a great oh, comic. It's called Minor Differences. Mm-hmm. And it's how British accents sound to Americans and then how American accents sound to British. And so the how British accent sounds to America is, you know, why, hello there, good sir. I'm chopped as nuts to see you looking humbly jumbly at our majesty's watermelons. And, you know, it goes on and on. And how American accents sound to the British. Beer and vaginas, bald eagles. My penis is bigger than an aircraft carrier. Touchdown.
0: Oh, oh boy. That's, yes yeah okay uh well we got a big show for you today so we should jump right into it first off with recently played i'm gonna lead you off because i've done the least amount of interesting stuff um more of the normals Puzzle and dragon book of heroes on ios kings and legends and uh, wow on the computer lots of diablo 3 with you anna but i'll leave that to you because i think you're more excited to talk about it and um I've been playing more Skulls of the Shogun and I have to say that game is fantastic and you should all be playing it right now. So if you have a Windows 8 PC, a Windows 8 tablet or an Xbox 360, I urge you to go out and download Skulls of the Shogun and then play with me in the async mode because I want to play more multiplayer. So I am Nabuo, N-U-B-U-O on Xbox Live. Send me an invite um, and I'll add you in my friend list and we'll take care of that. Okay? Skulls of the Shogun, turn-based strategy, great writing, great artwork, fantastic music I can't say enough about this game, so I'm not even going to bore you with it. Just get it done. Anna, what you been playing?
2: Um, three.
0: A lot of it. Yeah.
2: So last time that we podcasted, we weren't even 60 yet.
0: That's right.
2: And this week we hit 60. We played and beat Inferno. And I'm Paragon 7 and you're Paragon 6?
0: I'm Paragon 7 as well.
2: Oh, okay. Maybe I'm Paragon 8. Maybe. Because I'm almost a full Paragon ahead of you at this point, because I've been playing without you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just um, I'm still definitely liking my Monk. Yeah. And um, I decided to experiment with builds and realized that I don't like a bunch of the builds that are out there, so I sort of modified one, and it's going better now. So I've also been playing um my barbarian who is finally at Act four of normal, and um yeah that's it's interesting they're They're similar, but they play more different than I expected, yeah, if that makes sense. Um and beyond that i've also been playing Final Fantasy Nine, so previously, I was sitting on disc two, and I was about to get married
0: and oh no no, no don 't jump off Diablo three already patch one o seven came out oh can 't just that's skip over right.
2: that yeah, there was a patch
0: yeah, a big patch, and mm-hmm. it added lots of um Magic Find and Gold Find and Pickup Radius Enhancements and all these new recipes and stuff. And so we're collecting... I made amulets with 345 Intelligence on it yesterday. Oh my gosh. And just crazy recipes and stuff. Like, go play that game. They made it better. And it's really fun to collect loot. And so I'm in the middle of trying to come up with a good um, Magic Find build that I can use to farm um, low-level... Inferno Zones and get lots of money so I can make big super powerful builds so then we can go into monster power like five games yep. I don't know what you're doing that's what you should be doing too so.
2: um I'm, do geez. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I'm mostly looking to gain Paragon levels mm-hmm. so um,
1: what exactly are Paragon levels uh, it's, um,
0: it's level <laughs> 0 to 100 that you do after you get to 60 So each level boosts your stats some, and um, they get progressively more experience to get the next level. And they also give you boost to your magic fine and gold fine. Yep. So it's it's just more XP grinding.
2: Yeah. So from 0 to 60, or from 1 to 60, every time you level up, you get 2 of your primary stat, 2 vitality, and then 1 in the other 2 stats. So when you ding a Paragon level, you get the two two one one, and you also get 3% Magic Find, 3% Gold Find. And the idea is, is once you are Paragon level 100, you have 3% Gold Find, 3% Magic Find, and you won't have to put it on your equipment anymore.
0: Yeah. And you'll be more that's powerful, the soft, too. Yeah.
2: yeah, and you'll have more stats. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of like Final Fantasy eleven Merit's. Mm -hmm. They add just a little bit to you. And they give you a
0: reward for playing at high levels. Right. So it's yet another thing so that you can progress your character just by playing the game, even if, you know, you don't manage to find any cool loot or anything. So I think it's a smart idea um, to give you a reward to just keep going. And, of course, uh, getting those higher powers. So they have something called monster power now. You can make uh, games more powerful, and you get bigger loot drops and stuff from them. And... Of course, it means that the monsters you're fighting are harder. So having these extra levels help with that, too.
2: Because what they've started to do is, um, in this patch, there is um, new bind-on-account equipment that you can craft. And uh, Chris actually was really lucky. He got a recipe that matched his character. He got an intellect amulet. The problem that I'm having is, is I've gotten... A couple of the new recipes to drop, but both of them have been of strength and I need of dexterity. Mm -hmm. So we are still looking for good recipes for me.
0: All right. Um, Cool. So Manny just joined the call. Hi, Manny. How you doing? I'm
3: doing all right. How about you? All right.
0: Doing good. Doing good. All right. So, what have you been up to? Anything playing wise this week? Maybe? Uh,
3: I just finished off that last little bit of DLC in Saint uh, Ooh. The trouble with clones. That's probably the most interesting one of the three. You get superpowers f- for the duration of the mission, which is great. Super strength. You get a fireball spell, like uh, fireball ability, and you can run as fast as a car drives. So, oh, nice. Fun. <laughs> it's like two two hours it was interesting. Cool. And that's that. That's that? Wrapping up. uh, Wrapped up Saints Row. Um, probably heading off to Witcher 2 next. Nice. Or Devil Summoner. I need to do Devil Summoner at some point. I can't keep saying I'm going to do it later. And then, you know, four years later, here I am still saying I'll do it next. I'll do it. (laughs) Eventually. I'll do it. It's like that Netflix DVD that I need to send back. No, I'm totally going to watch it. Oh, I have one of those. I'm going to watch it. Why would I send it back? I'm just going to order it again. True. So then it sits on your on your So how much have you been paying the lazy tax to Netflix? Chris? Oh, I don't
0: even want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. Let's not think about it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to admit it. John, what have you been
1: playing? So, uh, I hit level 19 World of Warcraft this week. Congratulations. David is calling me a nerd. <laughs> Do you want to say that slightly louder so the cast can hear it? Um. Yeah, so I hit level 90, and then I think within about a day, I managed to get uh, my Cloud Serpent as well. A day? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for... Uh, uh, they did a server reset on, I think it was Wednesday, even, uh, Wednesday morning. So uh, all the eggs ha- were up, weren't they? Yeah, so every egg on the island was up. Oh, nice. So I basically rushed to Exalted in about... A day, possibly two. I think I did it in two rounds of daylos.
0: That's great because you need that um, at Exalted, so you can ride the mounts you get from a lot of the other factions.
1: Well, as long as they're cloud serpents, yeah.
0: Well, a lot of them do give cloud serpents. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, that that's really cool. It took me a lot I mean, longer to get mine. <laughs> it's quicker than I remember doing the Netherwing grind. Oh. Which I think I still managed. I think my I think my record time for that is still about. Three days I think. For wow, nice. a Well, because
2: really nobody nice. does nobody nobody does, does, it, does it anymore,
1: anymore. yeah. No, so all of true. the eggs are pretty much always constantly up. It's quite easy to do. The the downside is the eggs take an hour to respawn. Um uh, yeah, I I mentioned I think I mentioned last week that I'd finished did I mention last week that I finished Super Robot Wars Original Generations two? I don't think so. Well, okay, I finished it. I got the normal, route, normal path ending, which ends the game at stage 61. Um, kind of doesn't quite resolve all of the lingering plot threads, so I've started a uh, a second playthrough to get the hard mode ending, which is where I fight the true final boss and get proper plot resolution. Uh, my problem was is you need to get uh, 42 out of the... Uh, 42 optional objectives out of the from the first 60 stages and then the game instead of ending at stage 61 goes on to stage 63 and has a, a you know proper final boss that's a lot harder and stuff okay um and i'm already i'm already through to stage 18 i'm actually get that because uh the the, the Super Robot War stuff does do um, a number of nice things for New Game Plus, like giving fifty percent of your accumulated money over the course of the game back to you and stuff like
0: that. Excellent.
1: So yeah, that's that's basically all I've been doing.
0: Yeah, that works. Uh, I'm glad we're through that fast because we got a lot of feedback this week. So let's jump right into it. Last week, Manny asked you the oh, question man. that was asked to us about what's your comfort series and what game have you replayed Before the
2: most. We do that though. Yeah? I totally gotta. I totally gotta talk about this song that someone sent me. So, um, what, I I promised I wouldn't give them their name, but um, one of the people that listened to the podcast and will message me on AIM was very sad that I slept through the. Um, the Which spaceship is your favorite? Right. So they sent me this awesome song, and I'm going to walk you through a couple verses. Well, I was stuck on Voyager pounding on the door when suddenly it dawned on me I've seen this show before. Perhaps I'm in a war bubble and slightly out of phase because it was back in the 60s when they called it Lost in Space. We were looking for a way to make the ratings soar, so we orchestrated an encounter with the Borg. Normally, they think that would get us into shit, but this one had a smashing S and a lovely set of tits.
0: Oh, Is that it? Yeah, I just want to get home.
3: I I want to get home.
0: Oh yeah, I get home. It's it's a song
2: called "The USS." We make shit up.
3: You guys, you guys, I just want to get
1: home. <laughs> So how long is it now before we have a repeat of Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise? I don't know. Of the
0: USS Enterprise. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, I love that song. All right. Let's get into our feedback then. Uh, let's see first letter our first board post I should say comes from Strawberry Eggs and says for her comfort series this will come as no surprise to anyone but it's the Pokemon games already spent 700 hours on white version and similar hours in previous generations most times replayed is Fire Emblem Path of Radiance I played through it 7 times the last one on hard mode I did it to see all the possible support conversations and it's my favorite Fire Emblem game thus far nice that's a GameCube one right I would think so Whew, that's a lot. Uh yeah. Path of Radiance Path of Radiance is the uh GameCube one. Yep, I played that one. I didn't play it on hard though. Alright, Sumak so D says for comfort game I'd have to say Dragon Warrior Four. It was among my first RPGs I ever played and have played through it at least 10 times. Thinking about how much fun I had with the NES and DS versions is making me want to go import a copy of the PlayStation version and see if I can figure out how to play it on my PS2. Good luck with that. Uh, all right. Von Beardley says, For Comfort Series, strangely enough, it's Dynasty Warriors. Not even sure why I find it so much fun. Uh, game he's completed the most? Final Fantasy IV. Pretty sure he's gone through the, this game at least 10 times, start to finish. It's like one time a year.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the, the, the Dynasty Warriors series are great for catharsis, if nothing else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A game, and games similar to the Dynasty Warriors. So Dynasty Warriors Gundam, uh, <laughs> Sengoku Basara. Is that, it, is that, that yours? <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. All right. It's a great catharsis game, if nothing else. Just you know, chewing your way through thousands of extremely disposable mecha. It's quite a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Riulin tells us his comfort game is Suikoden. It's the RPG I've started the most times without finishing, not because it's bad, but because I just get the urge to play it, or the entire Suikoden series, and I have to start with Suikoden 1 anyway, and then I get distracted, and I always start at the beginning when I pick it up again. The game I've completed the most is probably Legend of Mana. I've not only played this game by myself, but with my brother and sister, and we had the portable PlayStation, the one with the attached monitor and battery pad, so we also played on road trips. This game came at just the right time and place, though I still like the game a lot.
2: I wanted that thing so bad!
0: Yeah, but not to play Legend of Mana.
2: Well, to play games on the go. Yes. Because I was bussing places a lot at that point. <laughs> I was greyhounding everywhere.
0: Zocoladdle says, yes, I can log in again. And then, anyway, Comfort Game, does MMO count? I remember Anna brought up WoW, so mine is Mabinogi and Suikoden. All of them, except Suikoden Four. That game never happened. I like Nogi because I can totally just screw around there, and Suikoden was excellent in that it could be played one-handed. The shoulder buttons can be used as confirm cancel button. Genius. You know, I remember when Pokemon used to be like that. Really buggy. What do you do with the other hand? Do you eat? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I like to, yeah, I like to lay on my side, and then I don't, it's easier. So you got like a
3: hamburger in one hand, and the game in the other. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, I've definitely got meat in one hand. Um, let's see. The story is so refreshing in lieu of other games, well, not that I like to see such tragedy unfolds, but sometimes it is fun to see people more miserable than me. Speaking of Suikoden, let me shamelessly promote. um, Facebook.com slash Revival. It's kind of our Operation Rainfall, so yeah. Oh, and those Vandred ships, the ships are called Dreads, the robots are called Vanguards. Hence, they combine to Vandreds. Another Mecha Geek Noke, so this is for you, Quinn. Nandesico, is was truly awesome. I never liked the actual ship, though, but I love those Cannon fodder Federation ships. They have style.
3: Man, a lot of people really love Suikoden. Yeah, they really hit people. Our audience, they really hit them at the right age. It did.
0: Uh, he has a question for us too. Has anyone on the show panel ever made an AP- RPG using RPG Maker? And I think the answer is no, across the board, right?
2: Um, Quinn, maybe.
0: John?
1: Sorry, what was that?
0: <laughs> Has anyone on the show panel ever made an RPG game using a program like RPG Maker?
1: Uh, I haven't used RPG Maker and I haven't made RPGs. Uh, I've made a couple of other simple games, but they haven't been RPGs.
0: What did you make them in?
1: Uh, I, the earliest one was a simple con- uh, like Windows console application. Uh, uh, I made one in um, C Sharp X and A.
0: You, do you know any good sites with tutorials for how to do stuff like that?
1: No, just no. Okay. I went to university.
0: <laughs> so go to university and get a degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's your advice. All right.
1: <laughs>
0: so, uh, anyone else? No. Let's see. No, Source. not me.
3: You know what seems like the big in the uh, engines that are right now? It's not Source, it's Unity and Moi. Moi, yeah, I mean, if
0: you're XNL?
3: Moai, it's um, it's a two D engine, and it's what uh Double Fine and the Shadowrun people and several other smaller indie titles that are primarily two D are using because it's open source. How do you spell it? Pretty m o a like the head from Easter Island. Oh, okay. M o a i. Okay. Yeah, and of course Unity, and because Unity has that uh that asset store where people are con- constantly contributing assets that you can just sort of. Has like a very uh drop plug in place kind of nature, you just drop in assets you want, and they have that new in that new uh animation system that you can apply across all your different models. Yeah, it seems like these are pretty pretty easy and everything. It's easy enough to get started, but of course, if you really want it to shine, you got to spend some time with it and sort of you know make your custom code. But you know, that's for the experts.
0: Cool. Are there places people can go to learn those?
3: Uh, to well, I think the good thing about you—I don't know what's the license for. I know Unreal has a thing where you can just download and start playing with it, but Unreal seems a little bit advanced, right? UE3. I bet you
0: Unity has something like that too.
3: I bet you it does. And if you just like the way that Brian Fargo talks and all these other people talk, like from uh, you know that game you backed. Uh, seems like everybody's using unity what's that game you back it's, uh, republic or republic i don't know how they pronounce it yeah yeah they're using unity and it's just it's easy to store come in help? uh remember that story we had brian fargo's having the community build his art assets for him oh yeah well, that's cool we did and so yeah so of course i don't know is rpg maker still the worth trying to learn at this point or do you think it's better to get on some new tools
0: I, I don't know It's on Steam right now. It like recently came out. They got a new update or whatever, and so it's easy to get into.
3: It is, but can you push that to mobile as an indie dev? I think that, no, that's a I'm big but, thing.
0: Maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you just want to make a game and then uh, move right, on from enough, there. Fair you enough, fair enough. If
3: you just want to make a game, you're right. All right. I was just thinking, like, grassroots, I want to get into this right now and start learning.
0: Well, you're ready to make your fortunes on the iOS store, and I think maybe <laughs> they want to start a little bit smaller.
3: All right, guys, here's my game. I want you to kickstart me. It's uh, about $2 million, and your reward here is a heartfelt thanks from me. And the game <laughs> is to be determined at a later date.
2: Oh, that's what I forgot to mention next, last week. I actually backed something on Kickstarter. Would you back? <sighs> I is this your first back? Delver's, pack? no, not even close. I backed <laughs> Delver's Drop, which is like, Link to the past graphics and gameplay mixed with like a, a room puzzle game. We saw it at PAX. Mm-hmm. It was in the indie booth, like across from Muteki, and I think Michael might have gone in and played a fair bit of it because that's pretty much his kind of game. And so, yeah they they came out of the indie booth and they had lots of positive feedback. So they were like, let's kick started and get some money going and Um, It's coming out this year, so I'm pretty excited for it. So I backed it. Um, Oh, it's Pixels? Yeah, the guys that um, make it are friends with Doug. They used to all work in the same studio together.
3: It looks quite nice. The artwork's really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it because it's colorful and, um, you know, they're super open to feedback and I like, you know, there was stuff that they left out of the original um, Kickstarter, like important information, and they've been really good about updating and getting out more information to people, and they actually added a new tier based on people's feedback, so that was really cool. So, yeah, go back to that.
3: Oh, you're saying it, if anyone wants to know, it's uh it's, you know, Delver's Drop on Kickstarter. Their goal is seventy five thousand and they're currently at thirty-one thousand five hundred and seventy-nine with twenty-four days to go. Is it oh, like, and it's for every platform.
0: Is it just a a Zelda game or is it like an infinite random generated thing or a
3: little Seems bit like of a Zelda
0: game with classes? Okay.
2: Yeah. Um so basically you are inside of this tower and you don't know why. And when you start you can pick one of the three classes. So you go through as much of the dungeon as you can before you die, and it's a roguelike. It's permanent death. But the next uh, inmate comes down the tower, and you get to retain some of the things that you gathered with the previous character that you made. Ah, okay. So it's roguelike, but you retain some progress.
0: So you make progress.
2: Yes. Cool. So when you have to go through and figure out, you know, why are criminals being put into this tower and what's the secret? Um, that's the storyline mode. And then there's just like um, their one of their stretch goals is multiplayer, um, but there's also basically like a, a never-ending mode, like mm-hmm. a, a, a death mode. Basically, you go until you die. Cool. And it. You know, they just randomly throw all the different puzzle rooms and stuff at you with no storyline insert or anything like that. It's just puzzle, 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 puzzle. It gets increasingly harder until you eventually kick off. Okay. So, yeah. Some rooms are going to be puzzles. Some rooms are going to be enemies. Some rooms are going to be both. And then there's some secret rooms and interesting rooms.
0: I'm looking forward to it. It sounds really fun. And they think it'll come out in October and then the mobile versions next year in February. So, there you go. Go check that out if you want on Kickstarter. Jason Ariola writes in, says, my name is Ariola, and says, I have two games I go back to regularly, one of them being a recent remake. The first is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Maybe it's because it came out at just the right point in my life. I was just old enough to start understanding good and bad game design, so not everything I played was awesome anymore. I finished it quite a few times as a kid since I was 16, and I've gone back and played it to completion at least once a year. Now 30, I've played it to the end at least 25 times. All right. Likes getting Master Sword and the feeling of accomplishment that he got when he was 10. Uh, more t- recent addition to this list is p- the PSP remake of Tactics Ogre. Uh, When it came out, I got one of the endings without a GameShark. Once I did that, I went through and got a few more of the endings using GameShark to level up more quickly. With the PSP version, I keep going back and seeing how different scenarios turn out, and putting it on a Vita really got me to play it even more. Super colorful and pretty. After putting in 80 hours on the UMD, I managed to eke out over 60 more since the Vita came out. It's been a great way to decompress after work or a palate cleanser when I play something I don't particularly enjoy for a blog site or whatever you want to call whatever I'm trying to do over there, I'm part of. Tactics Ogre has become one of those games I can play for another 10 hours or just a battle or two and feel completely satisfied with my experience. All right. I wonder what blog site he's on. All right. You
3: know, that's interesting that he says... uh... Tactic, because that's those battles. Those those aren't short battles; they're in-depth tactical battles with lots of choices and decision. I mean, I'm sure that's what he loves about it. But it's like each one takes maybe thirty minutes to an hour, depending on how yeah. many enemies or the length. Yeah. So replaying that one quite a few times, like I could, I could easily imagine that's like, like forty, fifty, sixty hours each time.
0: But at the same time, you have you could focus on just one battle a time, and so it makes yeah, it really easy absolutely. to pick that's up and makes put it down. Still. Yeah
3: it doesn't mean he never said he did it like over a month period
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> hi there guys and girl i would like to know your thoughts on both of the dragon age games what they did right and what they did wrong and what you feel they can put in dragon age 3 to make it a game of the year contender thanks to you all and keep up the good work p.s i imported persona 4 golden and i have to say 40 hours in and i'm loving it it's all thanks to you guys well you're welcome um persona 4 is an awesome game Dragon Age! Um, I've only played uh, a lot of Dragon Age 1. I only played the demo for 2. I can say I love 1, and I want 3 to be more like 1. Just do the same thing they're doing in 1, just do more of it in 3. Keep going with a great story, technical interface that's reminiscent of the old Baldur's Gate games and all that. And I know none of it's going to happen, so I'm depressed about it.
3: So basically just make a modern-day Baldur's Gate with multiple uh, origin stories and multiple...
0: Yeah, I mean just Multiple good endings. voice acting and lots of little stories that are interesting happening around you that you can discover in the city if you choose to invest the time in it and and great background um stories and and all that sort of stuff that it just rewards you for digging in and just wasting time in it, you know?
3: The big flaw with uh, Dragon Age 2 is that it got further away from that. Yeah. You're First you're a one-set character for the most part, even though you can change your appearance is kind of super it's really just superficial.
0: You're well, you're they tried to make it about a single character story, whereas I think the Baldur's Gate games and stuff f- flourish because of all the stories going on around your character. Yeah. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, it, it was yeah Hawk. but I think it's Flourish.
0: Okay, yeah.
3: I was just thinking, like, Hawk is just, you know, the Shepard analog for them. Like, Shep- Mass Effect was really popular. What if we did that with the Baldur's Gate? I mean... <laughs> Our fantasy RPG. They, I think they basically wanted Mass Effect every uh, like every other year.
0: If it was like Mass Effect One, I'd love it, but not like Mass Effect Two but, or Three.
3: But it was like Mass Effect. It was just Mass Effect Two in a fantasy setting, right?
0: Oh, it, oh, you mean uh, Dragon Age Two was? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I didn't play it, yet, so. I mean
3: the structure, the the care who the character was, and the, the problem was they tried to the reused assets was the biggest complaint, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that's the one I heard the most. Well,
3: 3 should be interesting. I mean, it's a brand-new engine, next-gen title, and they say that they're taking their time with it. It's going to – for the most part, it's going to take place in uh, fake France. You know, it's going to – a star like an, an Orlesian. And uh, I don't know. Based on those – there were surveys out there that it's sort of hinting at where they're going. And, like Great Inquisition and you're part of an Inquisitor group trying to like root out heretics or uh, evil spirits. Or part of the Magic Group, and I i, I guess what the, I honestly i don't know where EA is going though. With their mandates to put in multiplayer, everything, and, and microtransactions,
0: I don't know how it, would, it might end up turning out. The game's gonna be crap. Just uh, the long and short of it if you want cool, innovative Western RPGs, just watch Kickstarter. This <laughs> is what it seems like right now, or wait for Bethesda to do something. I don't know. So you have no confidence at all. No. Well, we'll know by this <laughs> E3. Yeah, I guess we will. Yeah, we'll see it there. All right. Brennan writes in and says, Hey, my comfort game is Final Fantasy X. I beat it, including all but one or two of the Ultimate Women slash Limits break side quests at 113 hours way back in 04. I've started it several more times, but I'm dying for it to come out on the Vita. I would irresponsibly shout all my disposable income to buy a Vita and memory card if Square Enix released Final Fantasy X. HD. Well, we know that they are, so um, you'll get to do that. So yeah, my... they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, what do you guys think is the hold-up as far as the release of more PlayStation 2 classics like Final Fantasy X for the Vita?
2: That's on Square Enix. Um, Part of it is programming. You do actually need to modify it, and the problem is, is um I mean, it's less of an issue when you have Square Enix, where your publisher is your developer. But I mean, something like... Uh, I don't know I don't I don't want to give an example because that would be inside you know politics but um, yeah there are just there are games that it's like the the North America publisher may go to the Japanese developer and be like okay this game sold super well for us let's put it out digitally and you need the developers help to do that and sometimes developers just no thanks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know about Square Enix, but when you talk about games that are developed and published by two different studios, it can often be just laissez-faire that is holding it up.
3: Mm. I think with FF10, I think Screenings just sort of said, when the Vita came out, like, yeah, we should probably port that there. We can
0: make some money. And then they sort of I said, still Whoa. think it was a weird choice to do Ten, but yeah.
3: And then they said, oh, I guess it's going to take a little bit of work. And I think they just sort of, like... Sort of lost I think they saw a squirrel in the park and chased after it instead.
0: Well it's common. But yeah. We just don't know when. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh well, we're gonna oh, is that a
2: squirrel over there? Yeah. yeah. I mean the the best case scenarios we'll see it at either E three or D G S this year. Yeah.
3: And if we don't, then just think of it as another uh versus It'll be on the Wii U in three years and it's gonna be leaked to Kotaku by a guy named Stealth on the OGAF. <laughs>
0: All right, John, you still awake?
1: Yeah, I'm still awake.
0: All right, this question's for you. Based on him talking about Super Robot Wars in several previous podcasts, I have obtained the English-translated versions of Super Robot Wars J and Super Robot Wars 3, and I'm going to try them out. Do you have any tips or general strategies that work well across multiple Super Robot Wars games that I should keep in mind as I play? For example, is there anything like Fire Emblem's Weapon Triangle in Super Robot Wars?
1: Uh, generally, if you're looking for, um, like, strategies to stay alive, uh, first things first, have a look at your pilot's spirit command list, familiarize yourself with them, use them often, um, just, just do it. First time I played through Super Robot Wars J, I had basically no idea what I was doing, I've still managed to clear, I think, most of the game up until when the game started actually getting vaguely difficult, so, I don't know, about... 35 stages into a 52 stage game. Uh, I, I actually get that far without spirit commands, but I would recommend using them. They, they make the game sort of bearable. Spirit commands, for people who haven't heard me talk about them before, are sort of, a I, I usually like sort of one-shot spells, but since each pilot only has a limited pool of uh, spirit points, you can't just spam them all the time. That's just how it goes. The other thing is um, always upgrade. Uh, If you're going for defensive, always upgrade armor on super robots because they can't dodge. Um, Upgrade dodge rates on your real robots so that they dodge better and don't get shot down because their armor's always crap. Um, If you don't know anything about Mecha, that sentence would have meant (laughs) absolutely nothing.
0: That's right. (laughs)
1: Um, If you're going for all-out offense, just Upgrade energy, um, upgrade weapon power, and you'll probably be all right. Uh, I think the only thing you should be care- also careful of is Super Robot Wars 3 is old. Like, I think Super Robot Wars 3 is, well, it is the third game that they released. It it dates back to, like, 1993. Super Robot Wars J, at least, came out in 2005 after they, you know, refined the systems a bit. Just, you know... Don't expect Super Ever Wars three to be a, to be as good as Jay. <laughs> good too old point. for modern
3: gamers, would you say? It may be.
1: I just okay. think that the the series has introduced like too many quality of life improvements since some of the older games. Now so that that probably annoys the crap out of people who really enjoy the old games, the the old SNES ones, for example. But. Um, So let's
3: say I want to get into it because I heard so much about it. Which is the best one to jump in? The absolute best one?
1: Hmm. Well, it would be easier to jump in on one of the uh, standalone ones, ones that don't have any kind of, like, previously established stories, which means that Super Robot Wars, the ones on the Game Boy Advance that aren't original generation, which I think is Super Robot Wars A, Super Robot Wars D, Super Robot Wars R, and Super Robot Wars J, or one of the DS ones, so that's W, K, or L, because they don't have any, like... Um, they're not linked to each other in any way unlike stuff like the Alpha series where there are uh, two games on the original PlayStation and two games on the PS2 and they have a long-running concurrent story. And gameplay-wise they're pretty modern? Gameplay-wise they're pretty much... If you say for example if you wanted to play one of the DS ones, the, um, uh, the most recently released one, L, is likely to have more uh i would say quality of life stuff than uh the first ds release one w but um they're they're pretty much it's bit, it's almost like pokemon and the 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 kind of the core gameplay systems don't actually change a lot. But they do occasionally. I mean, drawing from the Pokemon analogy, actually, um, there are a couple of more recent games that introduced um, sorting, instead of just deploying individual units out into a battlefield a la um, Fire Emblem, you sorted your units into squads of either four units, three units, or sometimes two units, depending on the game, Um, which, you know, you can draw some parallels between that and when Pokemon introduced... um, double battles and tri battles and stuff so yeah listen to me ramble no
3: all interesting i mean we answered his question and then some
0: Seems. seems good to me um let's see finally and you may have already covered this have any of you played fire emblem awakening yet the answer is no I want the special <laughs> limited edition Fire Emblem 3DS and its Sword and Dragons paint very, very badly, but alas, cannot reasonably justify buying it at the $292 it's now going for on Amazon. My wife said, couldn't you just get a regular 3DS and play the game on it? She doesn't understand my RPG game hoarding. I have two Fire Emblem games for DS and three for GBA that I love but have never beat. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Brendan, but I have to agree with your wife then. If you're not playing the games, you don't need to spend 300 bucks on the system.
2: So here is the dilemma that Chris and I are having, is, of course, um, between GameStop um, breaking Street Date like a week early in um, several regions, and Nintendo underprinting for demand for the physical copies, there aren't any anywhere, and people have been like, oh, well, you can just get it on the eShop, which unfortunately for us doesn't work, because we both want to play the game.
0: So we could buy it twice. Because we want Good. to play it on our own 3DSs. But- Wait, does it have multiple save files? Yeah, oh. three. So couldn't you just, one, you do it, Chris, and then pass it on to Anna? I don't want to play on her 3DS.
2: And he
3: She's doesn't got want to share it. his. She,
0: she has the Pequito 3DS. I don't mind sharing mine, but it's not here. It's not with you. She wants to play it now. She's in Canada. I, I want to play okay. it later. I'm in Wisconsin. It's this It's ridiculous. But if you were, like, living in the same household, you could easily put yeah, it 3 Yeah, I mean, 3DS. after we
2: get yeah. married, this is going to be less of an issue. But right now, it's like, mm, this doesn't work really well.
3: Yeah, I understand. At first, I <laughs> thought it was, like, one of those cases where Nintendo was notorious for only putting in one save file. And if you want to start over, you need to delete all your old data. No, Nintendo no, needs to do that a
0: so lot. Scary.
2: Yeah, oh, I right, know, no, I know. Um... <coughs>
0: Though, honestly, with Fire Emblem, I like to have lots of older save files around just in case.
2: So, I mean, we may end up getting two copies in the end, but for now we want one physical one.
0: Yeah, um, that would be really nice. At least one physical one. And um, its cut. I'm getting it through Best Buy, who's shipping it from another store. I found a place that had it, Anna, a Walmart. It was only 45 minutes away.
2: Yeah, but I'm okay. You don't need to drive quite that far. So, you know, the closest uh, Walmart
3: to me is also 45 minutes away. Really? Well, he's Absolutely. In, he's in was LA, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I we don't apparently is. we only put our Walmarts in the
0: bad areas.
2: <clears throat> that makes sense actually.
0: All right. So, there's an RPG weekend over at GOG. Brennan also tells us, so go over to gog.com and you save lots of money, including getting Witcher 2 for 10 bucks.
3: Oh, if you guys want to talk about sales, I got a better one for you. Oh, wait, what's that? Okay, so f- from Friday to Monday, President's Day sale at Best Buy. Lots of games, really cheap. You can get Pokemon, uh, black and white version for $15. Black and white game. 2,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're right. Black and white 2 for $15. Uh, Epic Mickey 2, I know we covered that briefly on the Wii for $12. Yep. Uh, Darksiders, PS3, Xbox, 15 bucks. That's the cheapest I've ever seen Darksiders 2 on the consoles, if you're interested.
0: Nice.
3: And that is an RPG, and it's a decent game uh Paper Mario Sticker Star 20. dollars Professor Layton 15 Kid Icarus 15 Skyward Sword 20 uh Borderlands 30 that's a little pricey. <laughs> but yeah, those are some pretty good deals. If anyone's interested, it's best buy all weekend. And a lot of oh, and these all have free shipping. Nice. So, if you've been curious about Dark 2 or even Paper Mario because you heard it wasn't much of an RPG, I think now is a great time to jump in. Especially on Darksiders, because I don't think THQ is going to be making any more <laughs> copies of Darksiders.
0: All right, well, let's cover the other discounts this week, since we're into this now. Sega has dropped the price on a bunch of PSP games. Alien Syndrome, Crazy Taxi, Crush, Sonic Rivals, Sonic Rivals 2, Super Monkey Ball, and Valkyria Chronicles 2. That last one's down to 10 bucks. So oh, really? That. Yep. Where can I get that? PSN, of course. Okay. And uh, Infinity Blade is free on the iPhone through February 21st. That's right. I remember a
3: lot of people weren't sure about this, if it was right for them, because it was like, well, I don't know if I want to spend any money on, a, on what's it called, on uh, Punch Out, Fantasy Punch Out, but hey, for free, give it a shot.
0: World of Warcraft, all their titles are on sale right now. Five bucks for the, the battle chest to get the basic collection a while. Cataclysm for 10, Miss of Pandaria for 20, so if you've been waiting to upgrade, go get that for 20. They've got a new patch coming, so great time to jump into Miss of Pandaria now. And Square Enix has a big old sale this weekend, right? Um, I think it lasts through the weekend. Uh, they they had a bunch of uh, titles for sale on their eShop, and I'm just trying to bring that up, Enix Store, uh, including, uh, I think, Hitman Absolution was on sale, and what else was on sale? Their page sucks. Uh Oh yeah, Hitman Absolution's on sale for thirty. Sleeping Dogs on sale for thirty. Found Fancy ten two down to twelve bucks on the Xbox. Uh, what else is on sale here? Dream Dop Distance is down to twenty four bucks right now. So- Wait, did you say ten
3: two on Xbox? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Never came out on
0: Xbox. Yeah, it came out on both. Huh. Go fig. Um, I wonder if it's. Wait, on- you mean thirteen two? Yeah, I'm sorry, thirteen two. Okay, so did I was say ten two. I meant yeah, to say, say thirteen two. Too. Theater Rhythm also on sale, eighteen dollars. So, Risen Two's on sale for twenty four. Heroes of Ruins on sale for eighteen. Big old, st- go to Screenix store. Google that, find it. Their website's weird. You can pre-order the Final Fantasy XI expansion while you're there, because <laughs> that's what you want to do, right? All right, so that's our sales. Jason writes in and says, hey, okay, you guys wanted feedback? I've been meaning to write in, so here you go. Two Worlds 2, pick this gem up over Christmas for five bucks on the PSN store, the Velvet Edition. Great game, even with some flaws. It has been a hell of a lot more enjoyable than Skyrim. Wow, I find that, that's a big statement. Well, Um, it's because."
3: Well, I, sh- I think we should preface that. He said, first off, I'm, I'm sure you're all going to hate these RPGs I've been playing, but I love
0: them. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's
3: what this section is called. All Games you up to this cast hates. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. No, kind Two
3: of Worlds of- 2 was fine. I think t- I play uh, quite a bit of Two Worlds 2. It's an interesting title. It's, uh, it has its quirks, but I think exploring that world is fun. Like the, the, the planes of the Serengeti. It, it's For five bucks. A lot of people say good.
0: it's a good game. And the dialogue yeah. he says is great. The equipment customization he loves and the spell creation system. Story wise, we've seen it all before, so nothing really new here. Okay, here's where I disagree with him. His second choice White Knight Chronicles 1 and 2. That's right, damn, these are great games. No, you're wrong. These two have everything that people complained Final Fantasy 13 was lacking. No, they have nothing. They have nothing. (laughs) They have nothing. Final Fantasy XIII has fun. This doesn't. I did not play White Knight Chronicles 1 until I bought White Knight Chronicles 2, which comes with it. Um, So I can't compare to what's changed between the the new version of 1 and versus the one that was released originally. What I do know is that I could not put White Knight Chronicles 1 down, and the way it flowed into White Knight Chronicles 2 was very, very well done. I have not tried the online side of things, but on the single-player side, I love them. The massive bosses and large enemies look great, and the knights are a blast to play as. Chris, clearly they updated it and included fun. Maybe <laughs> I started trying to play White Knight Chronicles 2 and it just it sank back in. Just the complete amount of mediocrity, and and remember, if you remember, my problem with White Knight Chronicles one and two is it's I can't hate it and I can't like it, and that just makes me more infuriated about it because I can't even hate it because it's it's not terrible, but it's also not good. It's just the true definition of mediocre in story, gameplay, what you're doing graphics, art design, voice acting. It's just, everything is just right down the middle. Ah. All right, whatever. He likes it, so you might like it too. Uh, Dragon's Dogma. I've heard lots of good things about this game, especially once you get to the end of it. Once you get over how bad the menu systems are in this game, really, sh- it really shines. I've been digging the whole pawn system and being able to swap pawns in and out as often as I want and the flexibility allowed in and around the class systems. It's fun climbing over all month. Uh, excuse me. It's fun climbing all over monsters. If only the menu systems were not so cumbersome. Um,
3: it seems like this Jason in particular likes these sort of unique takes on open world
0: games. I should say, um, well, White Knight Chronicles is not an open world game. Um, does it have like big
3: open spaces where you traverse between the different towns?
0: Yes, it does. But it has That's nothing interesting to takes. do in them. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then the mo- online. I don't want to get started. Okay. Two Worlds 2, I actually picked up on Steam. I'm looking forward to playing through that at some point. Dragon's you know, Dogma. Oh, go ahead. Okay.
3: No, you say Two Worlds 2 actually surprised me how interesting it is. Like just like little things, like walking around like a sort of African plane with the music growing. And you have like ostriches and like lions running around. Oh, cool. Just like weird, little weird things like that. It's, it's interesting for sure.
0: I need to do that. And then Dragon's Dogma, I'm going to pick up the uh, the... The enhanced edition with the expansion that Capcom's bringing out. So I'm looking forward to that too. So I don't think we hate all the games, just I don't particularly care for your middle choice.
3: Oh, and it seems like Jason included his PSN tag. So if you want to add him, I'm guessing that's why I uh, included it. It's oh, yeah, Night Clam.
0: Night Clam.
3: Oh, Night Clam. You're right. N I D H D C L A M. If you want to hang out with Jason,
0: like the food. All right. First off, from RJ Kuntin, first off, I must apologize for my poorly worded question last week and for not giving examples like Kimari, Cornelius, Teddy, and Cray. I don't remember what he's talking about. Um, for a comfort game, Tales of seems to be the games I play to relax and have played the most hours in other than the Disguise games. Do you guys remember what he wrote about last week? <laughs> I honestly can't remember. Should we check our revision, the revision history? The revision. No, no, hold on. I've got. Uh, let's see. Is this. Uh, from James, oh, I do. With Nino Cooney, I'm wondering what furry or beast-like characters from their games you like. That's what it was. Okay, and so his examples are Kimari, Cornelius, uh, in Odin Sphere, Teddy, and Cray from Breath of Fire Four. I don't know what Cray is, but okay. All right, so there was his there was his examples. Uh, for comfort game, he picks Tales of games. Uh, they're the games he plays relaxed to and play the most hours of, other than the Sky games. Um, and he has a new question for us. What is your favorite type of character development in RPGs right now? Be it point-based, purely the skills and stats gained by leveling, skill and stat point by choice when you level, or skills going up by usage like in Elder Scrolls?
3: Hmm. Hmm. I
0: think it depends on the game.
3: I know that's a, that's a cop-out answer, but if, maybe if it's, like a, if it's a Skyrim, I'll want to get better at the things that I'm doing constantly and not have to worry about, like, a tree to build up it. Like, you know, just, like, useless skills in a tree that I'm never going to use.
0: But I wouldn't mind manually allocating points in a Skyrim either. Huh. It's
3: interesting. Like, I don't know, because you can go too simplified. I don't even know if it's simple.
0: The one thing but... I don't want to do in Skyrim is just have set, like, it's already to- decided for me. Oh, classes. I actually me. don't yeah. want classes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I want to choose, whether it's by what I do or how I allocate. Yeah.
3: You know, honestly, I don't even want classes. I'm kind of over classes, period. I, it's like the most important choice you make in the whole game, and you make it before you know anything about how the game <laughs> plays or the world. It's like, okay, I'm going to be a knight. And then you, you find out 30 hours in, man, being a knight really sucks.
0: So I, <laughs> find, I guess i a knight. I find allocation systems like in Diablo 2 to be very stressful at first, but then I end up loving them for games that I play for a long period of time because they are the most easy to exploit and make characters that break the game. And that's what I like to do in those sorts of games.
3: I liked Fallout, where it wasn't necessarily getting better at the things you do, but you get experience for a wide range of actions. Uh-huh. And you just put points wherever you feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've been picking locks a lot recently. I can really get better at picking locks. And then, of course, I love the perk system. I, I just love the idea of, like, these little perks to sort of break the game slightly in your favor.
0: Fallout has just a great character system. And I, I hope they're copying... Well, I hope they're... What would it be? Bringing it back for Wasteland 2? How how does that work? Because like Fallout uh, came from Wasteland, right? So
3: I think they have a similar system. They call it the yeah. classic system, and I think it's very much the same manner. Then you get perks. I think, I hope you get perks. I don't know. I just really like the idea. Like, okay, now because I pick so many locks, that if I break a pick, if I break a lock, I can re- I can try again. Fantastic. John, These Anna, gave me a quality of life.
0: Yeah, John, Perfect. Anna, do you have any input here?
2: Um, I liked it. I played like a little bit of, of uh, live, game, and it was like as you did stuff, you got more powerful in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it like that's like that in Skyrim too, right? Yes. Yeah, that's cool.
0: You like that? Okay.
3: You know, I will say the exception though is where I get where I'm okay with just picking a class and going is uh, a game like Torchlight or Diablo. Because I feel like the class is half the experience. Okay, I'm going to play this class now and get this experience. Okay, now moving mm-hmm. on to the next
0: class. Hmm. Yeah, and see, now, I kind of cool like Diablo about... more with the point allocation. But yeah, go ahead.
2: The thing that I like about Diablo 3 is um, the male and female of the same class are a little different.
0: They are? Their stories oh, are so. different. Oh, their stories, oh are their, different.
2: Okay. their stories are different.
0: Oh, but that's not leveling.
2: Sorry.
3: Nah, I got changing distracted. the subject on
0: us. Sorry.
3: You know, I do love about Diablo. I will say this though is that uh, so many games. I think so many game developers think that we have to lock you into a skill set. Otherwise, yep. you're not going to replay the game, or you're just not going to be any reward or meaning in what you're doing. Like I feel like the Torchlight devs say that a lot, or like people in general think that. But I love the approach that Diablo took, Diablo Three took, where it's just sort of well. Well, let you unlock stuff as you level up and then you just create a character that fits the situation like oh the situation has changed or so your tastes have changed well you don't need to replay the game or spend all your money on a whatever potion if if the game even includes it and just sort of like, okay now i want to play like this oh i don't like zombie dogs anymore i want to focus on the gargantuan and just sort of just do it it's just sort of a flexibility to be the character you want to be at that time which is great i mean it's like I played it long enough. I earned it. Let me just play the way I want to. Hmm. I don't know. Some people complain that they didn't like the permanence of the characters.
0: Yeah. That wasn't a problem for me. Cool. John, are you still awake? He's dead. We might have lost no, him. I'm still here. Ah. I,
1: just, I don't have an answer to the question.
0: Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I would say, then, um, we need more games to go with the Sphere Grid style of level-up system. No! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to try Path of Exile, because it has a big old Sphere Grid thing in it. So. Oh my,
3: did you see that thing? It's, it's so, so big, just monstrous it's and
0: confusing. Unchained Blades has something like that, too, and it's really cool. I really you like know, it. I,
3: go ahead. I'll, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know what, I, I, I will fault those. like a game like The Witcher 2 where you're paying, sort of paying like your first few skills in any direction are just sort of like taxes. Yeah. Like, okay, I need the, the blocking tax I need to pay with the skill point just so I won't die in combat oh, every Oh, so you minutes. have to
0: pick, take, pick up useless skills in order to get to the one you want?
3: Well, you know, you're sort of like, okay, I can't parry from all sides. Okay, I got to put that in there. Oh, And then it feels like once you pay all those taxes, then like, okay, oh, great, finally. So they make you
0: level be. up to get like, essential gameplay systems unlocked for you. Like blocking and pairing oh, from that's the, different directions. Uh, that's, so no that's what I kinda hate. When that's and that's kinda in Witcher One or Witcher Two? Two. Okay.
3: I think they're not gonna make that mistake again in Witcher Three. Hopefully not. <laughs> they based on what they've said to people. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing. It. Hopefully. We'll see. But it feels like, yeah, like every review I read and even like the little bit I played is just sort of like once you get past, like, those certain early skill point allocations, the game starts to feel, e- like, a little bit more, more manageable and more complete, and you're sort of just you're more enjoying the story and the experience a lot more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm interested, though. I want to look into a little bit more of what Wasteland 2 is doing, and Shadowrun seems to be interesting. They sort of start you off with a class like an archetype but then after that point you you can move in any direction you want to So, sort of like maybe you start off as a mage but then realize well i want some cyber gear or i want some uh summoning abilities i like that though maybe just sort of guide you in a direction but then let you branch out when you need to it's a good sort of middle ground yep all right we all right. talked all about this let's do it's, oh my favorite one
0: yeah god
3: of war god or of war all
0: right <laughs> last letter last letter for the week from our favorite ocelot has says, number one rumors are flying that all sorts of stuff will be revealed discussed shown and told at gdc which only makes sense what games are you most interested to get more info on during gdc week
2: um i like the postmortems at gdc more than i like the games Absolutely, that i revealed because yeah. the postmortems if you get the right sort of mix of people in those panels they can be brutally honest, and it's really interesting to see what they think they screwed up.
3: Yeah, I'm, and that's I'm with Anna, and that's more enjoyable than someone being cagey about a product. Well, we'll let you know more at E3. And I, I'm, that flip I'm trying to think
0: of anything I care about that might come out, but GDC. If we get any more Bioshock Infinite details, that'd be cool. Um, well, is about to come out? Say what? I mean, at this
3: point, I don't want to know nothing. Just go media blackout and just play.
0: Yeah, it. you're right. That's a good point. Um so then really is any new system related stuff? I can't think of any games that I need to hear more about right now. I don't even uh, know what's coming out this year that I care about.
3: And like all the indie games I care about, they're so open because of their, you know, Kickstarter nature anyway.
0: Yeah. So, not, not I'm not that I'm not that expectant of big bombshells during GDC, especially with Nintendo Directs coming out and telling us everything going on anyway. Um, huh,
3: well, maybe. I'll, I'm just thinking. Like the the three biggest RPGs right now are all next gen titles. Two from CD Projekt and one from Bioware.
0: Hmm. Is there anything else on the right? How about you just tell us about RPGs at GDC? Yes. Any RPG news at GDC? Yes.
3: I can only. Th-
0: can you think of any more
3: than three at this point?
0: <sighs> I'm trying to think of uh, nothing really. I think no. everything's it's, waiting for like new system announcements.
3: Yep, all I can think is Cyberpunk, Dragon Age three, and yeah, and Kickstarter uh, are, are
0: the big ones this year. But you know, like
3: like we said before, you you get emails about that all the time. Exactly, <laughs> I, I
0: I get so much info on them, I ignore them at this point. <laughs> oh, Project Eternity's is really bad at that. What too much? They're like Update fifty seven. Oh, I'm glad I didn't put any money into that one. All right, um, Aliens Colonel Marines just released. Colonial Marines. (laughs) Colonial Marines, I guess. Apparently it's quite bad, or so the critics say, which makes me wonder. Do you guys like reading or watching low-scoring reviews? Sometimes I find them hilariously awesome, even more fun than good reviews. What's the funniest slash best one you read or watched or written?
2: Zero punctuation.
0: Ah. Well, those are purposely comedic, right?
2: Uh, yeah.
3: Well, sure. when he likes a game, he'll make you feel bad for not buying it, ah, okay. supporting it, like Psychonauts.
0: Okay.
1: Yep. I think, and he'll berate I the audience the for fun- it. Th- I think the funniest review, negative review I've ever read uh, is, RP- I think it was uh, RPG.net's review of a particularly bad tabletop system. In fact, most of their reviews of bad tabletop systems are, are good, but... The, the the this one does take the cake take take the cake. I don't want to mention the system though because it's horrifyingly not safe for work and well, I don't wouldn't want to draw more attention to it. Okay.
0: <laughs> what the Playboy RPG or something?
1: Oh no 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 hell no. Leisure
0: Suit Larry. That game was the that wasn't an RPG.
1: Huh. No, I said tabletop RPG, Chris.
0: I, I don't know. I'm making up titles that would be not safe for work that would be paper. Oh, you just
3: remind me of the Playboy Sim game that was just really that? bad and crappy. You oh, remember that one?
2: Yeah. Oh man, I played that. It was so bad. It's not even, it was no titillation either.
3: It was just a girl in a bunny suit and you can manage their time. Okay, go to the photo shoot. Here's a car. Good job.
0: Alright. <sighs> Uh, let's see. Oh,
3: oh, about Colonial Marines. Have you? Has anyone seen any of the reviews for that?
0: I haven't. See, here's my issue. I don't read many reviews anymore because I found the majority of them all sound like all the other ones I've read before in the past. Um, So I don't have a lot of material to draw on here. But I do have a really bad one that I read like way back when I was reading reviews in magazines. It was a 0 out of 10 that um, uh, game players gave to uh, some terrible truck racing game that was completely broken. Big Mother Truckers? Uh, no, this was before Big Mother Truckers. Um, okay. Oh, I can't remember it. It's oh, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. It was just downright broken. And it, I, it stuck with me because they actually gave it a zero. And most people don't go that far.
3: You know what I think, though? I think the, the, the Colonial Marines people are – everyone who's reviewing Colonial Marines are particularly – vicious this time around because for like a number of reasons one i think a lot of the gaming press at this like we're in the right age group like late 20s like early 30s that we sort of grew up with the influences of aliens we love that that movie's franchise and to see a game that sort of just sort of cr- takes a gigantic crap on the fiction <laughs> on the places that you love and sort of like little things like how the press were shown demos that were compl- mm-hmm. like sort of built for the press with with effects and uh, and like sort of with visual effects and uh, sort of better level design, better AI than the actual final game had. So I think a lot of them feel like, "Oh, this is you. You guys lied to us. You tricked us. This yeah. game is absolute garbage, mm-hmm. and you masqueraded as something good." So so I think there's like a lot of vitriol coming from like aliens fans from from press going like, "What are you doing? This is not the game you've been showing us at all for the last <laughs> several times." So everyone's just sort of just. Enjoying taking a crap on this thing.
0: I should read some of these reviews then. Mm. The um, Alex Navarro
3: one is pretty good from Giant Bomb.
0: Ooh, yeah, he can be good with vitriol.
3: Oh, and even like like stuff like Polygon, they're, you know you expect them to be a little bit politer and like nicer. Yeah. Just big dump on it.
0: I found that game. It's called Cosmic Race for the PlayStation. Ugh. Yeah. It's it's up there for game. worst racing game ever. When PlayStation games are bad, they were really bad. Really bad. Like, bad, bad. Okay, cool. So, oh man, this looks terrible. I found a YouTube of it. It just doesn't work. You come out the gate, you're out of bounds. Oh, it's terrible. All right, so uh, what's his next question? In honor of Animal Crossing's June 9th US release date, which was just announced at Nintendo Direct, your favorite video game character, who is also an animal, go and no picking the cow from harvest moon anna.
2: The cow from,
0: never mind. Oh. <laughs> Red 27. Um, Red 27. <laughs> yeah.
2: Alicia. Alicia? No, Felicia.
0: Felicia. Um I don't Should think they? that counts. No, Felicia Aww. from Darkstalkers. <laughs> I don't think that counts.
2: She's a cat girl.
0: I'm trying to think of like notable um animal characters in games and there aren't that many unless you like count Star Fox or something, I guess. Number right. oh, thirteen. Oh, oh. Yeah, I know Red who. thirteen. Yeah. Dog meat. Dog meat.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's a good pick.
2: Um. What's the name of Renoa's wolf?
0: Renoa's wolf.
1: You mean Renoa's dog? Renoa's dog.
2: Oh, there we go. Thank you, Angelo.
1: <laughs> you know, Renoa's Renoa Wolf hmm? sounds like
3: the pen name for a, like a romance fiction author. The new romance novel from Renoa Wolf.
0: Like in Final Fantasy VIII, Renoa. Yeah. She had a dog. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. (laughs) What did she do with it? The dog
1: features in several of her limit breaks.
0: Ooh, but that's great. I should pick Interceptor from Six then. Because whenever he came on the screen, you knew you didn't need to worry about killing the enemy he's about to attack. Oh, I know. Slippy Toad. Slippy Toad. (laughs) You can't even... You can't think of a serious answer, can you?
3: Get this guy off me!
0: (laughs) He's the least favorite
3: pippy hair then
0: do a barrel Peppy, do a barrel roll <laughs> i say dog meat Ooh. i really enjoyed having dog meat the cat and ghost trick yes yep. wow that's a good one yeah isn't that a good pick <laughs> and you won't oh. understand it till you played
3: <laughs> the cyber dog in which is basically just dog meat with a cyber brain the cyborgs uh, dog meat in new vegas Huh. All right, perfect. I don't get to think of... Oh, I guess you can do Bloodwing from
0: uh, Borderlands. But oh, he yeah, yeah, up. but, um, yeah, that would work. Would I like don't it?
3: know, dude. Next time,
0: ask us best robot. We best can robot? Yeah, best robot should be next. Um, who is it?
2: Like in- I feel like there's... I feel like there's...
0: I do feel like. Mallow. Ma- M- <laughs> he's a cloud creature. He's not an animal.
2: But he's a frog.
0: <gasps> I think... Hmm. I think we're Does looking cupel like... count? Say what? This cupel count? Cupel. I don't know. Sh- come on, come on.
1: John knows I'm talking about. Cupel. cupel is the little blob thing from Skies of Arcadia.
0: Oh, okay. That's an animal, right? I don't know. I haven't seen it.
1: It's more of a kind of silver thing.
3: It's an AI construct?
1: I wouldn't even say that. It's a bit stupid. <laughs>
0: Cupel.
1: Hey, look! I'm a Terasu from Okami. There you go.
0: I'm a Terasu. That's a great Done. choice. Done. Love it. All right. Who's interested in Mario and Luigi Dream Team?
2: <laughs> so this is
0: spoiling some of our news, but yeah, they announced a new Mario and Luigi RPG that's coming eventually. So or this year, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in the story. Anna's excited. I'm cautious because the last. I don't think that people th- thought they've been getting better in general.
2: Yeah, Bowser's inside story was a bit of a disappointment. So I'm hoping that this one will not suck.
0: So, Project Destiny is question number five. Talk amongst yourselves. And I'm going to say that's the bungee thing, right? I don't know much about it. Me neither. So...
3: All I know is that it's like... True. I hear talk on Twitter. All I know is what Mac said on Twitter about how he's interested in it because it seems like a, the true first MMO FPS game, RPG, oh, okay. it's something an like that. I didn't know that. Something like that. I, I honestly, I have, I don't know nothing about. It. I hear leak documents and like leak slides, and I just, I say <laughs> I'll wait for announcement. There's more care.
0: details like tomorrow, right? The seventeenth. I have no idea. Yeah. So I think we'll hear more about it soon. Um, so, sorry, sorry, Ocelot. Hey, at least we're actually admitting we don't know something instead yes. of pretending it. Like, yeah, i Oh, I don't think it's going to succeed because Bungie. A- this show's long enough as it is. We don't need to, to speculate on stuff we didn't even hear about. All right, let's get into our news. And first off, Manny, um, this is cool. They released a big video of Voice Land 2. <gasps> yeah. Or did we I talk about this, this last week? Did we talk about yeah. this
3: last week? Uh, yeah, I mentioned at the end of the show.
0: Oh, well I watched it and it looks awesome. Yeah, you like? Oh, it looks fantastic. It's it's like going back to Fallout. It's great. I like the original Fallouts.
3: Do you don't mind the four the four person party or anything like that?
0: No. No, the party's cool. it's it, it's kinda like got some tactical aspects to it. So I get to some strategy and um you know, this the battle system looks fun and interesting. Just it, it looks like exactly what I would have wanted from an evolved Fallout game.
3: And it's gonna be a massive game too.
0: Yeah, it's looking big. I like in the voice acting and the story, and I don't know anything about the wasteland setting, but the taste I got from the video looks great. Yep. And there's greenery.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, that's the new thing in a post-apocalyptic setting nobody's doing brown anymore. Brown oh. is outdated. I think people realize that when humans leave cities, the, the undergrowth sort of comes, like sort of plant life goes wild because there's no one to keep it in check or mow the lawns or anything like that. Right. So it's just you could think when they get to LA, I think you're going to see a lot more green.
0: All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so if you guys haven't seen this video, go check it out. And that's all I say because it's it's a it's a long look and it's a very good look at the game. And you even get to see how they've integrated some of their big backers into the in the game so far. So, uh, Growlancer and Gungnir are going to Europe. Um, so if you've been waiting for those in, your, in Europe, uh, twenty nine. Ninety nine euros or twenty three ninety nine euros. um What what's the what's the dot of a euro called again? Is it cents? Is it pence? Sense. What? Cents. Sense. Okay. Twenty nine euros ninety nine cents and twenty three pounds ninety nine pence. 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 Okay. There you go. Right. Pence and cents. I'm just Although, gonna round up. <laughs>
2: it's irrelevant to me because we got rid of the penny.
0: Ah, that's right they have no other change <laughs> you, you got to pay 30 well anyway this is europe so it'll be on the psn this week so very soon and they are both uh available this week and they are both in the department of heaven series is what i want to say um so, so yeah.
2: quinn maybe you can comment on on this as um a couple guys on the forums have been talking back and forth about the fact that they already own these games because they bought the North American versions thinking that they would never come out in Europe. And now they've come out in Europe and they have this dilemma of well, I own it already but I should buy it again so that they see that there's interest in these so that they bring more of them.
1: What's your thought? I might have considered I might have considered doing something similar if I had, <clears throat> if I had played more of my North American copy of Growl Answer. Okay. Uh... Because I have done that myself, um, but for other games, like bought uh, games in English that were previously just released in Japanese that I didn't think or didn't think were going to come out or took long time like okay. uh, I almost did it for a long time ago. I almost did it for Skies of Arcadia uh, as my copy of that is a uh, North American. GameCube copy Uh, because Skies of Arcadia didn't come out for like another, I think it was like another year or so in Europe and I didn't think they were going to bother I thought they were going to I thought they were going to pull a GameCube uh, what they did with the GameCube Animal Crossing and just not release it in Europe
0: Yep Sorry, I'm looking at some stuff here for the next story which is about Nintendo Direct's europe roundup so this is interesting so we had this big nintendo direct this past week right with all the the mario and luigi stuff or most, mostly luigi right
2: yeah it was all luigi there it was, was very luigi.
3: little mario
0: so hey, after
3: all 2013 is the year of luigi as said by
0: iwata himself yes it's the year of luigi last year was the year of the bow actually the year of the bow doesn't end until no, no, the three, it's but... the
2: year of luigi
0: oh it's the year of luigi okay yes. why is it the ear of luigi Oh, because of his accent. it was cute, yeah. Okay. The ear of Luigi. All right, whatever. So, <laughs> enough racist accents. The Europe section of the Nintendo Direct had some additional stuff. Um, first off, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate got a release date, March 22nd, 2013, for the Wii U and 3DS in Europe. Um, With
3: cross-platform play, which is exciting for many people.
0: Yes, well, that's true here as well. Uh, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. We're just talking about Europe right now?
0: Yeah, this' talking about Europe right now. And in the cross-platform play has been known for a while. But, um, all right. So, <clears throat> what am I thinking of? Oh, darn it. The stupid video was showing me the Mario Golf stuff and distracting me. Camelot's making another non-RPG. Mm. All right. So, Fire Emblem Awakening will be coming out in Europe in April 19th. Uh, there's a big delay. And they're going to have the special edition of the 3DS with uh, the color scheme and the logo. Um, Let's see. Or I guess just the color scheme. I don't know if they'll have the swords. Hopefully it will. Uh, uh, Two new dates for Atlas Games. Etrian Odyssey 4 is coming out in the spring in Europe. Coda Princess in the summer. You guys haven't gotten that yet? Wow. And Namco Bandai's Project X-Zone is confirmed for summer release in Europe. And let's see, we got some level five games also on the list Inazuma 11 3 Spark and Inazuma 11 3 Bomber. Uh,
2: those are 3DS ones, right?
0: Yep, so we can't uh... import them. Sorry. And the date of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity was confirmed as March 17, 2013, in Europe. So here's what sucks is that, that Inazuma 11 announcement, isn't it? That stinks. Because we, got, I've got copies of Inazuma 11s 1 and 2 like sitting right here on my desk, and I can play those on my DS. But Inazuma 11 3, I'd have to import a 3DS as well. This sucks. John, did you know it kind of sucks if you want to import stuff for the 3DS? He went to sleep. Oh, did he? <laughs> I figured he'd wake up just to complain about it more.
2: He got fed up
0: and left. He oh, loves to complain about it. All right. Um, as mentioned earlier, the 3DS uh, RPG Mario and Luigi Dream Team has been announced. It's another Mario and Luigi RPG. It takes place by Mario going into Luigi's dreams and uh, doing weird stuff with like stacks of Luigis, and Luigi's super powerful in his dream world. So that's kind of cool. That hopefully will be good. Um, Final uh, Fantasy. Oh, go ahead.
2: I'm, I'm kind of excited about Camelot doing the golf game. Oh yeah. Yeah, because well I mean they made the the Mario um sports games including golf for the Game Boy Advance and they were really good. Yeah In were. fact there was like a hot, hot debate on the on the website whether or not we should cover them.
3: Well, I mean Mario Golf was an RPG, it had an RPG mode. Yeah,
2: yeah. But um, yeah, there was a lot of very strong feelings on both sides of it. So we ended up not covering it, which made me sad because yeah. I was really in favor of which it. Which other games did they ago. make
0: had uh, had RPG modes?
2: Shining Force.
0: Oh no, I mean, we cover that. Um, which oh
2: Mario Golf and Mario uh,
3: Tennis make tennis,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh okay. Oh, when I,
2: when I say RPG mode,
3: you literally you pick a character at the beginning, boy or girl, and then as you, you l- l- do matches, you get points that you put
0: into your abilities. Does that? Yeah. Have a 3DS eShop version?
2: I don't think so.
0: Okay. Well, maybe they'll put the RPG mode into this one. Well, we
3: honestly, I, I I don't know though. I, I wonder if they didn't show any of it because
0: they're not doing it.
3: Hmm. Well, be, either because they're not doing it or because they want to show Mario during the big, you know, reveal. Right. But yeah, during the thing there was an actual golf course. I mean, there was a resort golf course. You would walk around, you would talk to trainers and they would train you. You could wander around and there'd be like you could look inside lockers, like you would look inside chests and find like tickets to buy new clubs. It really was like an RPG. There was like the blacksmith who was actually the clubsmith. Oh, that's great. Oh, it I was a straight up again. sports RPG. It was fantastic. I loved Mario Golf. So when I saw that they're making Camelot's make it a new Mario Golf game, I got just as excited as Anna. I could find a copy of that. But I just, I don't know if they would do the RPG mode again at this point. That'd be cool. I really hope they do.
0: Well, if you need an RPG, there's a beta for one very soon. Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn has its beta date set for February 25th. They are still taking applications over at uh, entry.ffxiv.com slash beta slash N-A. And you can submit, and um, if you have a legacy account earned by playing for three months of the previous version of 14, um you're automatically eligible for access. So Mike will be playing it. Hopefully we can get him on the show one of these weeks and talk about it. Bad news! Gas-Powered Games canceled its Wildman Kickstarter.
2: No, they did that a while ago.
0: No, this just happened this week. Did and, it? Yeah. And then, uh, I... good news! Wargaming.net picked up Gas-Powered Games! <laughs> You know what's interesting though was uh hearing
3: what's the cs what's the the lead guy and uh chris taylor? taylor say it again
0: chris Taylor.
3: yeah he was going he was doing some talks i think it was at dice or d d c where he was talking about how kickstarter the money's dried up. Oh,
0: you have oh to, yeah,
2: he went on Gama Sutra and slammed Kickstarter. Yeah, he, just, he also asked people, for a million dollars. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of people, including Robert Boyd, um, made some really good comments. There was some good discussion on that article.
0: Yeah, but it, it was just—he sounded like like a such a bitter kid.
2: Yeah, yeah, he sounded really bratty in his article. I admit
0: it's it's dried it up. <laughs> no one's yeah. willing to give the maker of mediocre RPGs a million dollars. What the hell?
3: And that's what a lot of people
0: said in the comments. Like, like right, I,
3: yeah. I didn't. Exp- I don't. Maybe you, could, you read the Anna, but you can.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, and this is going to sound mean, but I think his game not being funded is actually Kickstarter working the way it's intended to work.
3: Absolutely. And that's what the comments were reflecting. They said you didn't explain what the game you you gave us a vague idea what this game was and you asked for a million dollars and you didn't even clarify what the game really was going to be or your intent was until halfway through.
0: And then you laid off all your people.
2: In the middle of it, and then it,
3: it went yeah, from back a no, game into not even in the middle of it. It was like
2: two days after the Kickstarter started. Yeah, like, he fired everybody.
0: Yeah, this is that that is Kickstarter doing what it's supposed to do. And then it's, <laughs> and
3: that, yeah, exactly. It became a, a like came a not a Kickstarter to make a game that you might be interested in. It became a Kickstarter to save our studio, please. Yeah. And then people didn't want to save his studio because <laughs> what we spend a million dollars and are we even sure we're going to get a game out of it? Yep. So it was interesting, though.
0: But What's what's a studio that you would save? Would would you think THQ going up on Kickstarter would have done something? I don't want to save a studio. No. Because, okay. Because,
3: because, because a studio it, that needs so saving. Does, has, does that
0: mean you, has, you want has, Kickstarter to be focused on products then?
3: Yeah. Maybe projects or or maybe bringing the studio, getting a studio together to make a project. But like saving them one that's failing. I mean, all we're doing is just throwing more money at an institution that's clearly dysfunctional in some way.
0: Maybe, but it, it could also be the chance to get it functional again, right?
3: Well, what assurances
0: do we have? Are they gonna no? You don't. Have... What, what assurances do you have when creating a new studio like that it's going to be good? Less so with a proven, with a company that's pre- proven to make bad
3: decisions. And I don't know, just... but you,
0: you got a bunch of people who haven't proven they can do anything with a new company.
3: I think it's the difference between aspirational, be, okay. being like, "Oh, these old guys are getting back together; they know what they're doing," versus "Oh, these guys failed; let's give them a second chance." <laughs> All right. You're right. It's a, it's a different frame of reference, mm-hmm. and maybe there isn't much of a difference between the two. But if if the I, I would like to see, like, okay, so we hired a new CEO. We hired a new CEO. We're doing this new business practice. We're not making tablets anymore. I don't know. It's interesting though. Okay,
0: it's just frame of reference. Who's got an iPhone? iPhone. I got one. You got an iPod Touch, right? Sure. Do you want hyperdimension Neptunia on it? No. There's what? a free app. <laughs> it comes really? with a clock function and a touch button that makes characters from the Neptunia series, Neptune and Noir, react differently depending on the time and date. There's different reactions for morning, lunch, and evening. And there's holiday reactions for Christmas, birthdays, and Valentine's Day, and so on. And you can pay to download additional features including if you get the full paid version there's a like meter that fills up the more often you use it failing to use the app for a day resets it to zero and there are three levels of the like meter and filling each one makes Neptune and Noir say something different when you tap the touch button so if you want to see the sort of mobile crap that people can buy in Japan here you go right now available <laughs> on your iPhone I just
3: kind
2: of want to get it
0: <laughs> what?
3: I would just say back to the Kickstarter thing really quickly. It just reminded me really is that <laughs> All right. is that I know it's funny. We're going back. Just he was saying these comments yeah. as right when uh, the Dreamfall thing that that team was getting back together, <laughs> they were just to make this you know the sequel to Dreamfall that people have been waiting for forever, and it made its funding goal uh, like a similar amount of money in a day.
0: What is Dreamfall?
3: Don't you remember those uh, those? Uh... I never They're played
0: them. Oh, the longest journey like ones. Okay. Games? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, Ninja is really into them, so he was super excited when this Kickstarter started. It sounds
0: like they got like the vo- a voice actor from the first game back. I saw. Yeah, the they brought that. they
2: got the they got the band back
3: together. I think that's maybe what Kickstarter should be about: getting the band back together to make a project to make a project, not
0: just getting. Now the band this back is together a Norwegian together. game, right?
2: Yeah, it's uh, a foreign studio.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes, yeah, from '06 and '08, depending on what version you played. Um, okay. So they're making another one. And they got their funding already. Cool. Yay adventure games. <laughs> uh, cool. What else I got? Ooh. We saw images of a Pokemon from X and Y. ninfia oh. It's an, it's an evolution of Eevee. And all we huh? really know is um is it's very colorful. <laughs> it's
3: like pink, right? Or yeah, something?
0: it's got a bow tie on yeah, and it's
3: stuff.
2: With with little bows on it.
3: Yeah. So does this one so, evolve through the power of love? I don't
2: know. We're not sure. I mean, the type hasn't even been revealed yet.
3: Right, love
0: type. It's the love type.
2: Well, and actually, that's the thing that I think a lot of people are discussing is: is this a new Pokemon type? Because it doesn't. I mean, if this is an EV that's from a type that has that there isn't a type in it yet. Um, I mean, what are the options? I mean, the, the EV evolutions all look like their type. So, you know, Jolteon is yellow and electric, and so new know, type coming. Portal. Well, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the theory that I've been reading in a few different places.
0: So. All right. Cool. All right, all right, Manny. So, you don't want to put Neptunia on your iPod Touch. How about the Pokemon TV app, where you can watch free episodes of the Pokemon anime, all of its 15 seasons? They're rotating in 50 episodes a week, and they, you know, so if you stick with it, you can get through every single show in all the series. Wait, did the old episodes go disappear after a week. Um so they have each series and they have like a selection of episodes uh usually in order from each of those series and then um so you can watch like episodes 1 to 7 this week and then next week you'll get like episodes 8 to 15 or something. So every week you get more in each and they've got all the different series so you can kind of watch them all in parallel. It's kind of weird.
3: Uh, okay, so there's no such thing as free. What's the catch? It's free. Advertising? Uh,
0: I don't know. There's trailers, additional features coming in the app. There's um, you can also from February 15th to 18th, you can watch the movie Pokemon the Movie Kyurem versus the Sword of Justice for free. And um yeah. That's <gasps> it. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. So there's an upcoming GameStop event for Pokemon on March 4th by the way. So if you can uh you can get Mel- Meloetta by going into GameStop on March 4th, and they're kind of pimping that in this app as well. So, uh, This app is going to come to Android devices soon, they say. And the reason it's free is, you know, because getting kids to watch Pokemon for free keeps them interested in Pokemon, and then they want to buy more Pokemon stuff. And the reason you can't watch all the episodes at once, of course, is so you can go buy the DVDs, right?
3: You know what I wonder is if you watch all of that Pokemon back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back to back, do you realize that the show really hasn't changed in over a decade? I
0: think you do. So I recommend hey, taking five-year... there
2: was a really, really good point made on the Pokemon Parodies Twitter this week is that the fact that Ash gets stoned in the Mew vs. Mewtwo movie is why he hasn't aged in 17 years.
0: He gets stoned? He, yeah, he killed. gets killed. He's a heretic. Oh, and that's why he doesn't... Uh... Age. Okay. He's actually dead. Oh, he's actually dead? Yeah, he was stoned to death. Huh? No, he's not stoned. He was was turned into stone.
2: Yeah, and then he was raised by the tears of Mew. Okay. I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that movie.
0: See the thing is no one else seems to notice that he hasn't aged either. I think it's just it's just just kind of one of those
2: awkward things that it's time compression. You don't want to mention it because they might be sensitive about it.
3: Well, you think he has any melanocitis disease?
0: (laughs) I think he has. I think that it's actually taking place in a normal amount of time. It's just that like three of those series equates to like six months in his life.
3: I think it's just weird cloning. Every, okay. There's a million clones, and he's just, whenever he dies or gets well, old, he's seen a the nurses.
0: There's a million of those nurses, right? So. All clones. Yep. But they're called
3: okay. sisters and cousins.
0: <laughs> That's what they want you to think.
3: So of course, they're sisters. They they're come clones. from the same batch of test yeah. tubes. Yeah.
0: Nah. Uh, yep. All right. If you own a Mac and you've been playing Borderlands 2, you've been wanting some DLC, well, my news here for you today is that you will be able to. They're going to get Sir Hammerlock's Big Game Hunt um, in a patch update, 131. Uh The, the, the whatever. Yeah, but you're yeah. not getting it for free. It'll be 10 bucks for the DLC, is the important thing. And then, you know, you're getting a big patch with lots of fixes. So, yay, Mac people. All right, so if you plan playing, okay, all right. Oh, it so reminds me, Origin is on Mac now. What if I tell you oh, oh really?
3: Yeah. And it's uh feral put all their games on there and uh yeah. Is there I think more yeah, stuff on the is
0: there stuff available on the Origin that isn't available any other way in the Mac now? No. Oh okay. So it's just hey, another, Kurt, Yeah. It's yeah.
2: I hear the Origin is perfectly fine
0: now. It's fine now. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. I I was listening to someone complain about Origin in a in a podcast and I was like, their complaints didn't sound actual. It sounded like their their complaints in theory or concept, like, "Oh, it's bloated." Like, because I have it, it's not bloated, and it's like, "Are you actually using this software?" If Origin was, is bloated, Steam is bloated. No, it's that. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I understand not wanting it. That I understand. Yeah. It's just the, I don't want another client, another the, what the download. I mean. Be. Yeah, you don't another want another password, thing Yeah, everything. and that's fine But when you talk about it being bloated And all these other vitriol Like, it was, the guy was getting very upset And was like, okay I understand you don't want it But that doesn't mean it's a piece of, you know I, I There's a lot worse things that I've put on my computer than origin <laughs> um, Anyway bug. Yeah Say what? Weather bug Weather bug, yeah That's not bloated though It's just really annoying Crapware Yeah, it is crapware uh, Square Enix has brought the iOS port of Final Fantasy Tactics to Android. So now if you have an Android tablet, um, I don't... Feel do free to pirate this game right away. <laughs> I, don't, I, you know, I honestly don't know what uh, what devices it works on, but we do know that it's been ported to Android. It's got higher definition graphics um, and, be- and uh, better drawing speed. And they're talking about uh, some of the other features. And honestly, they're showing the screenshots. It does look better on the it, on the Android devices. But they they're gonna patch those updates into the iOS version. Yeah, too. I
3: was about to say why in the world there's no, like these tablets are fundamentally this kind of the same and power wise. Why would one look better than the other?
0: No, nah, they just wanted something special for the launch, I think. So it's gonna be fourteen hundred points on the Square Enix Market E Store for the Android version. And uh look for a patch. Square Enix Market E Store so you have to
3: I don't it's know if that is a separate store. I or? don't
0: know. That's what it says here. I don't uh, know how that works talk about bloated hopefully it'll be on google play i i i don't know um, i hope so too and i'm getting this off Siliconera, so i'm assuming this applies to the u.s as well already um it tends to with apps but you might have to wait for it to be localized or something so and why does
3: square nix use space Bucks? i
0: don't think it's real money i thought 1400 points and square Enix is 14 dollars i have no idea though all right uh, steam for hear- linux is out yes it is so yeah
3: and if you own games like Bastion or pretty much any indie game that's been in the Humble Bundle, yeah. you have the Linux version for free now.
0: Awesome. I'll put that well, on my Linux machine that I don't have.
3: And they're all 50% off if you want to get in there and just start
0: consuming games. Cool. And if you uh, if you download and play Team Fortress 2 on Steam for Linux, you'll get the Linux mascot Tux as an item in uh, to carry around on your Team Fortress 2 characters.
3: What does he sit on your shoulder or something like a
0: parrot? I don't know. I don't. It doesn't show. Let's is see. he a penguin hat? Oh yeah! It looks like he is on your shoulder or something. Yeah. Boom! I'm psychic. Yeah. Oh. See, don't
3: you want to use Linux now?
0: Come I on! I hate installing Linux. Get some Linux. I I install Linux at work. I don't want to install it home. <laughs> Get some Linux. No. Put some Linux on that. If you're interested in doing this, um, Ubuntu is what I, the way I'd recommend to go. I think that's the only platform it's been ported to technically, though you can probably make it work on whatever. Um, it's in the Ubuntu Software Center. Go pick it up there. There are 50 games, uh, and they're all... Uh, oh, wait. they are 50, 50 Linux compatible titles are 50 to 75% off, and I, I don't know if there are even more games beyond that, but uh, yeah. So go play your uh, Linux games. Wait
3: for the next Humble Bundle.
0: Humble Bundle! Yes. Uh, we talked about Infinity Blade and Valkyrie Chronicles 2 already. Ooh! Well, this was a story for John about Gundam Breaker. It's a video game about Gundam models. But he's not here, so I guess I can't tease him about that. That's too bad. Combo Breaker. Yeah. Oh, sorry, this thing's loading slow. Here we go. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It's got a trailer, and uh, they showed it off some in the... Uh, in the... the, the uh, Nintendo Direct, right? So... This is coming. It's coming on March twenty fourth in North America. And uh that's all I know. Then it's gonna be a first DLC pack that's free until April thirtieth. Uh, you guys uh interested in diving into another Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? I played the first one and I'm finished it. And and I played a little bit of the second one and got bored of it. Yeah, I don't know. But this I one you know. can be you can be a snivy in this one. So you can I think smuggly. the only
3: roguelike I want to play right now is more F T L
0: More F T L eh, that's fair if it helps, it looks nicer. It's on the three D S, so it looks nicer than the older ones, but uh it's still a roguelike. But Is it are the they easy actually one. using three D models now? Yes. Good. Yes they are. Um I like the sprite based stuff in general. I I prefer sprites to three D models, but for some reason for this game, um I think the three D models actually improve it. Especially since you the way the, the perspective is when you're going in the dungeons, so
3: I think at this point the only 2D I like is if it's really like hand painted, like this really nice painterly hand painted style. So like Muramasa, mm-hmm. you know, just really go elaborate and all out. Or even stuff like a uh, Guilty Gear at its best.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And you, so you know, yeah, different tastes.
0: Yeah, that that game, the Anna's funding, the Zelda clone is a, uh, the Zelda Dungeon Explorer is a 2D game and it looks beautiful. Delvers drop. Delvers drop. Yep. Alright, here's another one for John, who's asleep now. Um, There's some students trying to get funding to do a documentary about EVE Online. They're going to call it A Tale of Internet Spaceships. I like that title. And it'll follow players who take part in EVE Online Fan Fest, an annual celebration that takes place in Iceland. And uh, it'll follow them around and they're going to try and fund it through Indiegogo and you can get all sorts of different rewards. I'll let you check that out. They need six grand. They're at twelve fifty nine. So if you're interested in that, look for a Tale of Internet Spaceships over on Indiegogo.com. Uh, I like I like these uh, interesting documentaries. Like, there's a cool Tetris one that's out now. Um, and of course we have Indie Game. So I want to see more of this stuff. So I hope this one gets funded. Did you like Indie Game the movie? I haven't watched it yet.
3: Don't you have it for <laughs> free after the? It's on Netflix, right?
0: <laughs> I know I have it. I bought it and I haven't watched it yet. I'm I'm interested in the concept of video game documentaries.
3: I want to see, yeah. Concept is one thing, but I want you to see, I want you to watch the, and see if the execution is there. Okay.
0: Because I had I have first I haven't time watched I watched Fistful of Quarters yet either.
3: The first time I watched I actually turned off both of those documentaries. Oh really? I, it's weird though because I think I'm the kind of person who actually watches PBS and like gets a kick out of it. I really love documentaries and uh, but there was something about. A Fistful of Quarters, and it, Indie game way in particular, that turned me off All quite right. a bit.
0: You need to go check out Ecstasy of Order. That's the Tetris one. Ecstasy of Order. Ecstasy we'll of Order. Well,
3: I felt like A Fistful of Quarters was just boring, and it started off so slow. Okay. And I know the drama came later, but I just got so impatient I couldn't get to it. And Indie game game the way was just so pretentious.
0: Okay. I will check it out and, and report back. I've been waiting to watch it with Anna, so that's why... Uh, we've been having trouble scheduling the
3: time. I, I, go. I'm going to try to give it another chance. I'm going to try to watch the game of the movie again to completion. Okay. So I'd be curious to hear what you have to say. Yes. Movie Club, everyone watching the game of the movie and right, hit us up.
0: Hit us up. All right. There's only one story left, and um, it's the story we know the least about. On February 20th, PlayStation is having an event that's promising to talk about the future of PlayStation. Go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Go. So if they end up announcing the PS4, I'm gonna get a lot of emails.
3: Yeah. From who? From oh, from that time on the podcast you said, Yeah, never. like
2: three or four weeks ago we were having this discussion. I'm like, no one is gonna be stupid enough to announce their hardware. And I'm going I remember that one. I was going,
3: and I can see a situation
2: where this would yeah.
3: happen. It's reasonable. And I was like, like No, you're just dumb. I, I, I
0: they I, always I, announce before E three. I mean, this is this is how it happens now. They announce before E3 so they can show something um, about games at E3.
3: So, and then like the talk, the thing is like, so you announced and you show the hardware, and then at GDC you have developers talking a little bit more openly about the lessons they've learned, yep. making these games slightly, just like a little bit, like oh, here's some new tools that we're using and it's it's great. How just how next gen development's going. So and you then-
0: don't announce. You can't talk openly. If you can't talk openly, you can't get developers coming up with cool ideas that you can then show off.
3: And then you get the smaller publishers and, t- and people who yep. aren't like privy enough to get in the, in the in with the big few people. Yeah. So yeah, I can, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think that's why people hate Pactor, though. I mean, because he says things
0: that gamers. Uh, what, wait, what did Pactor say?
3: I mean, he was one of the first ones to, to suge- like publicly suggest that Sony would announce well before E3. Ah, okay. People are like, even remember we got the
0: email from uh. Yeah, you're right. From Oslo. And,
3: yeah, and people, I I think. People hate Pactor because he says things that gamers would hate but makes sort of business sense to companies. Well, you know, he also so-
0: just says things that are crazy in order to stay on top of the press releases. Yeah, absolutely. You know.
3: but, and like some of those crazy things are like suggesting that companies you know, do more anti-consumer things because yes. it will make them more money. Right. And then they end up doing it because those companies realize, yeah, we can make more money doing this if we do this.
0: Okay. <sighs> um, so things that we know about since the announcement of this event – Wall Street Journal claims to have a report that the next PlayStation will stream PS3 games to itself. So instead of being just having compatibility directly by hardware and having all the difficulties that you have to do supporting that, they're just going to use that Gaikai acquisition to let you stream your games. But that might mean you have to buy them again, which would suck, right? Um, we don't really know anything. There's a, a image of a prototype controller floating around. The controller looks ugly. It's it has unlikely. a touchpad
3: in uh, the the center of it.
0: Yeah, it's,
3: like a like the back rear panel of the Vita.
0: Yeah, but it's it is ugly, ugly. If it really is a dev kit thing, I expect it to look. Very different by the time you get a shipping product.
3: Well, some the, if you haven't seen the pictures, think uh, so gigantic yeah, I got touch, screen, touch here. screen where the start and select buttons are. Uh, oh. New triggers. On gigantic
0: the, uh, t- being an inch by three inches, but yeah.
3: <laughs> well, in the middle of a controller, it yes,
0: seems. and the little speaker in the middle of the controller too, or is that a microphone?
3: I see. My, well, nobody knows at this point, point. and yeah. it has these weird. Uh, the sticks are in the exact same place, but they have they're slightly concave.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're well, they're, they're they're ridged. They're they're. Yeah, they've got a rib around the outside of the um, of the of the stick, kind of like a third-party controller might try to do something different. So, yeah,
3: it's interesting.
0: Uh, honestly, it looks fake. I mean, it looks like a fake little mock-up out of plastic. So, I don't think this picture is real. Um,
3: we will isn't... find out in four days.
0: Yeah. Four days, we will see what the future is. And wouldn't it be funny if they're just announcing some? peripheral or just oh, smart a, tvs a, 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 you know uh yeah something completely unrelated to ps4 i would really um feel bad oh my goodness for whoever has to do that so angry. well you know what's different though they haven't come out and denied it and a lot of times when people get uncharacteristically hyped for an event like this they will come out and say no we're not talking about anything about a new system
3: Oh, are you kidding me? It it is a new system. They even started the the history and evolution of the PlayStation franchise. They're sort yeah. of uh, on their PS blog. They're releasing these l- little videos. Okay. Sort of chronicling the the journey of the PlayStation brand from right. the first PlayStation till now.
0: All right, and it's happening then. He's happening. It's happening. All right.
3: I don't know if I'm excited. Just I don't I don't know if I'm super excited. Just more like we'll see.
0: <laughs> so next week. It,
3: I, yeah we'll see i mean yeah. I, i'm not going crazy but of course it's being live streamed so it's
0: like what time is it oh i don't know okay no, i no, think no. it's like
3: six east coast time six or seven
0: i should know i have the darn story on my screen but it doesn't say because it
3: is taking place in new york okay so new york time
0: i'm oh, guessing you mean six. PM? yeah <laughs> i guess
2: or do you mean 9 eastern 6 pacific?
3: No, 6 east on the east coast. This says
0: february 20th playstation.com. All right, we'll so find I don't know out. what time.
3: It's all good. It's all good.
0: Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, we got hey, some new- Yes.
2: There was a game that came up in the Nintendo Direct he didn't
0: talk about. Are you playing Puzzle and Dragons? Maybe. Mhm. What was the game? Harvest Moon Game Boy Color oh, and that's working right. Game Boy Color. Natsume's got its uh, Game Boy Color releases plugged at the uh, on the Nintendo Direct this week. Yay. Um yes. That cool. So if you want to play uh old Natsume games, they're right there on the eShop for you now. No, coming. Oh coming. Okay. When? Soon. Soon, okay. <laughs> so alright. New releases? As soon
2: as we get the stupid E-manuals approved.
0: Ah, there's the inside info. All right. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. New releases that are also coming soon. Generations of Chaos 6 is coming out for the PSP on the 19th. And Blood Knights is coming out for a lot of platforms. I don't know anything about either of these games. Um, yeah. But uh, that's, that's what I've got for you as far as what's coming up. Don't expect a lot this week other than just the uh, details on the PS4. The week following week will give us some uh, Symmetry and Odyssey love though. So, um, oh, if you haven't played the Etruscan Odyssey 4 demo, play it. It's awesome. I played the heck out of that. Um, I forgot to mention it. I played that a lot this week as well. And then that, uh, that demo is fantastic. Go get it. Play it. It's a good game. Um, oh, someone the the chat room Hoctomasters Master is getting Generations of Chaos Six. I don't remember hearing a good thing about any of those games, so I hope he will enjoy it. And we'll let you know once we get a review up. And speaking of reviews, we've got two up this week. Nino Cooney's got a review up right now. You can go read the thoughts on that, as well as Fire Emblem on the DS. Um here's a hint. Fire Emblem reviewed a bit better than Nino Cooney. Um, as I'm hearing it, it sounds like Nino Cooney has some issues as the game gets continues on. So uh um, there you go that's that's a that's it manny unless you got some stories i've been missing um
3: (sighs) no all right
0: (laughs) i think that That was a show that was a show let's do like john
3: do we have a question this week for people since they responded so nicely to all our old questions
0: well someone gave us a question right
3: oh what's the question of the week i
0: don't remember anymore
3: okay well i we can pick a new one okay What's your favorite video game-related documentary or TV show? Something that sort of chronicles the journey of video game players.
0: I like it. Let's do it. If you'd like to leave feedback for the show, you can do that at podcast.rpgamer.com. You can call (laughs) us at 608-729-4098 and leave a voicemail. You can email your MP3 file over to podcast.rpgamer.com, or you can go to our message boards. Go to the latest updates forum at board.rpgamer.com, and inside there you'll find a thread for the podcast, and you can... Contribute right there, and we'll read it on the show. Uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for being with us, watching us live over at rpgamer.com/slash live. Thanks to Hoke Master and Jason and Tiggs and everyone else who's in there and Funitmon. Um, if you'd like to join up with that, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, to watch the RPG cast live, uh, you can, of course, catch us on iTunes. Leave us a review that helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash rpgamer. I'm sam 1001. Manny is Marino EM. Anna is A. M. Newfeld, N-E U F E L D, and John is Mecca Quinn. Boom.
3: Tough actin Tanactin.
0: <laughs> Tough actin to <tenactin. laughs>
3: so That's that was the catchphrase, right? He's...
0: Oh right. Boom. His... Tough actin Tanactin. Alright, and then with that, we're out. I'm gonna go put some athlete's foot cream on. Alright. See ya. Hello. <laughs>